May I speak in the name of the living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. When I came home from the supermarket this week, I found that instead of buying my usual orange juice with juicy bits, I had put my hand out and bought fruit juice, um, a blend of 12 fruit juices. And I tried it, and it tastes, well, a fruit Nothing in particular, not orange, not grapefruit, not grape, just sort of generic fruit. Uh, Rather a disappointing purchase. Um, And um, it's made me think because it's reminded me of how we often read the Gospels. There are, of course, four Gospels, each of them highlighting a different aspect of Jesus' life, ministry, and teaching. And as we so often do, if we just conflate them all, we lose a little of the savour of the distinctive message which each gospel has. And I'd just like to reflect today on the gospel according to St. Mark, which is the gospel which we read now for the rest of the church year on Sundays. The gospel, according to Mark, is almost certainly the earliest of the gospels and almost certainly written about 65 or 70 AD. So that's about 40 years after the death of Jesus. Mark is unlikely to have known Jesus himself, but seems to have collected stories from a whole group of people who did. And it's a very distinctive approach to our Saviour that Mark records. He writes in a way that scholars tell us show that the Gospel was meant to be read out loud And it's structured in a way that makes it easy to follow if you listen to quite a lot of it being read. And how we think it was used in the early church, perhaps quite a large section would have been read out, and then one of the presbyters would have preached on it, and then perhaps the congregation, or perhaps around 30 or 40, would have discussed it before going on to the next element in their worship. The difficulty is that if you read through the whole of the Gospel, you see that Mark is deeply troubled. And his writing is in some places rather ambiguous. Jesus just appears from nowhere at the beginning of the Gospel, preaching and teaching. But his whole ministry is clouded by a desire that he isn't recognized and that he should avoid trouble. His disciples, almost without exception, fail to understand anything about what he's doing. And he dies in in abandonment and pain. The gospel seems to have ended with the women 
going to his tomb and then running away silent because they were afraid. And the only person really to acknowledge who Jesus truly was is the soldier standing by the cross. And when Jesus dies, he famously said, truly, this man was the Son of God. So what are we to make of this strange and troubling gospel? I say it's troubling, not because it isn't full of hope, but because it shows that disciples constantly get it wrong. It's troubling too, because Mark focuses very intently on experiences of alienation and fear. He records stories about disease, hunger, profound mental illness, oppression, exclusion, sin, and death. And many scholars think this is because it was written at a time of serious persecution of the Christian community. St. Mark certainly presents the Christian faith as very challenging and calling us to enter into the pain and fear of others. So what are we to make of this gospel of such challenge? Mark patiently takes each of these places of diminishment, hunger, thirst, fear, disease, mental illness, and shows that they are no barrier to being loved and to love and to loving, and no barrier for Christ. The disciples constantly assume that God can't do anything or isn't interested or um, these people who are suffering from all these things are irrelevant. And Mark continually pulls these people to the center of the story and pushes the disciples gently but firmly away. In the end, he presents much more starkly than the other three Gospels the death of Jesus in terrible suffering on the cross. He presents a Jesus who clearly feels the pain and weight of evil and sin and dies feeling abandoned by God, his Father. I feel that the Gospel according to Mark speaks particularly to people going through times of suffering. Mark doesn't try and sort of varnish suffering out of a picture. He acknowledges how hard it is to live following our Saviour and how profound are some of the things that threaten to diminish us and sometimes do. But as he shows this, he also shows a saviour who holds us in those times of pain and suffers with us 
and promises that despite this suffering, there is hope for us and indeed for all people. Mark is the gospel of the suffering Christ. And so this gospel speaks to people, particularly in times of fear. I don't know whether you've ever looked at the front of Westminster Abbey, where about after the restoration of the front, the Dean and Chapter commissioned 10 statues of martyrs um, to commemorate the church throughout the world, throughout the ages, but with a particular focus on the 20th century. One of those martyrs is a young African woman, very sort of movingly depicted in the stone, called Mashi. And Mashi was, came from a household in the Transvaal where all she knew was pain. She was repeatedly beaten very badly by both her parents and, as is the way, had a crushing sense of her own failure and unlovableness. But at 16, she became a Christian, but rather chillingly prophesied to the Anglican priest, astonishingly from Murfield, who was in dialogue with her. And she said to him, I will die before I'm baptised. He dismissed that as, you know, no, 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 it's all different and so on. But alas, after worshipping one day, she went home and her parents found her and beat her so badly that she died. Now, this is is obviously just a deeply distressing story of abuse. But looked at in the light of the gospel according to Mark and in the light of Mash's profound faith. She saw that despite her suffering at home, God would never allow her to be diminished. And she found, as she was preparing for baptism, an extraordinary, profound self-worth because she knew that despite her experience, God was with her and God was telling her that she was profoundly loved and therefore of extraordinary value. This is the message of the Gospel according to St Mark, that despite our suffering and despite perhaps particularly our mental suffering, the way that we diminish ourselves and hurt ourselves because it's so painful to face what's happening to us. Christ in the Gospel according to St Mark, the Christ of suffering, shows that he experiences suffering with us. He reassures us that despite suffering, we are not diminished, that we are loved, And however often we fail Christ, and we so often do, we must never despair, because even in our silence and running away, God holds us 
and loves us. So, for me, the gospel according to St. Mark is not some bland, cut-price, special-offer fruit juice, but is rather closer to um, a good Irish whisky. I've often recommended that people read a gospel during the summer when perhaps we've a bit more leisure time, I say optimistically. I invite you this year just to sit down in over two or three hours to read the whole of the gospel according to St. Mark, perhaps even in one evening, and ask yourself, is this truly the gospel of the suffering Christ? And where does this Christ speak to me as he spoke to Moshe? Moshe.